Welcome to the True Face Podcast. Many of you have been faithful listeners and givers for the eight awesome years of this podcast, and we so appreciate you. We're taking a little break in order to redesign our podcast. In the meantime, we're putting up some of our favorite, most listened to episodes. We hope they encourage you to apply grace to your daily life. This episode is from our Cure and Parent series. Listen in. Welcome to the True Face Podcast. Welcome. Hello, everyone. Happy New Year. You know where Bill is? Speaking of families, he is in Disneyland. Oh, that's right. They bought their family, kids and grandkids, Disneyland tickets, and here Bill and Grace are going to Disneyland. And the, Bill, Bill, well, truth, truth be told, oh, Bill doesn't want Bill, to be Bill doesn't even want to see the sign. He doesn't he even like no. churros. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Oh, that's a sad thing. Yeah. Yeah. You're at Disneyland and you don't get a churro. Oh. <laughs> Why are you going? Sadness. <laughs> it's a real small world. Yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you remember when we were, the four of us were at Disney World? Yes. Oh, at, very uh, Do you remember how David much. scored on his, that was the on best. his lunch? Uh-huh. I'm telling uh-huh. you what. Man. You know, it is an odd thing when you're walking around Disney World. And it's, it's the, you know, kind of like near Epcot and stuff. But I... I find the English side of, you know, the tour around the world and they've got fish and chips and they've got beer. I'm like, I'm going to do that. (laughs) And then I'm walking around with it and I'm loving it. But like there's children everywhere. And I'm just like, (laughs) going around a corner to have a sip. (laughs) What kind of person am I that I've got a beer at Disney World? Like it just felt like I've made a mistake. I've made a mistake. But you drank it anyway. Uh, Oh my gosh. Uh. And Fish and chips, if, yeah. If that sounds extra strange to you, then just imagine, you know, the children looking around and they're just, and then there's some man with a, it, children, <laughs> look. Yeah, it was, it was like, Is oh. he one of the characters? Yeah. <laughs> Why is he weaving? Yeah. <laughs> and we got to go to the fake Venice, too. Uh, oh, yeah. Epcot. Epcot, yeah. man. That, that was beautiful. Bill enjoyed himself at there. So, yeah. I mean, it's not the same, but it's fun. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good memory. I can see Absolutely. that was. Oh, yep. We were I doing still a, have a memory associated with that. Doing a real box. That's when you. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was so I may fun. have. I may have. May or may not have. And yeah. the mailbox. Oh. And then when I went to put it back up. It was nice. It was it healed. Was, it was yeah. healed. Yeah. And I was like, Lazarus. It was amazing that that thing was. The very next day, standing yeah. straight up after we had uh, plowed it over. Right. Well, I mean, you may be thinking, you were supposed to have put that up that same day. And I agree with you. So, But we were else. we were out in the sticks. We, we, I, I, we were in the swamps. All of us <clears throat> admitted it later that none of us were doing a lot of walking around. Oh, no. With, I thought there was for sure gators. Yeah. 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 And we were in, in – and it was a great house, but the, there oh, was swamp land. Beautiful. That's beautiful right. house. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, thank you Very to everyone nice who put us up, but, uh, you know, the Gators kept us from walking. <laughs> Arizona <laughs> guys can't yeah. handle that. Uh, that's not unlike in Kentucky when the, the water moccasins that's were in the right. cabin you were that's staying right. in. That's right. We're like, that's, that's real. Yeah. 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 Yep. When they show pictures and they hang them on the cabin wall and saying, yeah. this has happened here. <laughs> yeah. That one, you know, his head is nailed to the door. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, thanks for joining us. Oh, uh, may hope yeah, and grace bless your year. Yeah. No, we're, we're going to continue in the Kieran Parents. That's right. We're still chapter two, episode two under new management. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, David read this statement, and we just kind of wanted to kind of a bring a bookend closure to it today. Um, on page 13 in the podcast, 
It says compliant children don't get to learn how to own their life choices. In an environment where parents only impose rules through their child's adolescence, it can thwart and stunt them from learning to own their own choices and to own them. So a compliant, immature child grows into a compliant, immature young adult. When they discover imposed life choices didn't work, they have no one to hold responsible but their parents. And so we we talked about why do compliant and rebellious children exist in the same home. But this section near the end of this episode allows us to look at uh, where it can end up as a family. Yes. And, and how compliance may win the day for the moment, but eventually it, it has a huge effect on the mm-hmm. family as a whole. Yeah. So this is from uh, chapter two, the, the uh, last page, page 19, last full page. It says, rules ultimately do not allow me to live out of the motivation of love. Only a motivation of love can free me to heartfelt obedience with sufficient and sustaining life motivation. A motivation that gets to trust the direction of Jesus instead of being compelled to comply with the commands of Jesus. Compliance, though not an ideal state, can keep the yelling down for a while. And a home with less yelling gives everyone a chance to breathe and not be at each other's throats. But maybe we start to realize that things are growing more distant and rigid. We admit it, if only to ourselves. But now we're so tired. We've been working so hard just making a living, securing their future, and figuring out how to afford the next vacation. A, a home of disrespectful pre-teenagers fighting with parents and each other was not an option. So maybe we brought in a system that promised peace, order, control. A consistent, well-structured system of clear and inviolable rules. But maybe no one told us this way of running a home has a short shelf life. Mm. Or that our entire family would eventually resent it. And maybe by the time we discover it, it seems too late to go back and find our playfulness and closeness. Our kids have learned to find their own friends, their world, their place where they can feel more themselves. We still have meals together, still wake up in the same house, still all go to the same sporting events, but... The distance is there. Mm, 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 mm. You know, I think about uh, when children are starting to make choices on their own. And this can be very young. This can be uh, good choices that they make preschool, grade school. That it's important for us to affirm those choices when they make good ones. And to notice them, to be alert, Mm. to those choices, because that is a way of helping them know, give them confidence that they can on their own reason, even if it's a very simple choice, that they can come on their own to a a process of making a wise choice. And for us as parents to be alert to that and affirm that moves this motivation piece along between us, a motivation of love where we love them through affirmation of their choice. Um, But when you're thinking about the motivation of love, how do you engender that beyond this uh, affirmation of their good choices? How do you, how do you pull that out? How do you bring that along uh, so that it isn't compliance? Yeah. I I was just thinking, even as we were talking that there's, two ways to have an aloof, distant family. And one is 
disinterest where, where a parent actually believes, well, I'll raise them, but I mm-hmm. don't want them to be my friends. And, and when they get to be their teenage, <laughs> I want them to have other friends and not us, you know, and you see that. Mm-hmm. But you also see parents who were hoping the payoff of compliance, they didn't know that, would be they would have these obedient, close kids who would want to be with them all the time and, and have this uh, Walton family uh, existence, but it doesn't manifest. And so you, it's almost a diagnostic tool that you can look backwards and say, oh, okay, compliance has come to roost. In answering that question that you give of how do I engender a motivation of love, um, it it really, that's what this whole book is about, is how do I start to become aware of my role mm. uh, of being winnable, of them knowing they have safety? Not only that beautiful statement that you said about paying attention to the right things that they do and letting them know it's not how you please me or it's not when right. I will love you more, but I want you to know I notice. But then to also, when they have done wrong, and I respond wrong to be winnable mm-hmm. is, a, is a profound gift for them to say this is a, not only a safe place, but a place that I want to be, where I can be myself. Yeah. One of the best, most hopeful reasons for a parent to mature is because if we're trying to give our children guidelines— uh, then we will an, an uninterspected and unobserved life with with God and prayer. It, it will create guidelines that won't allow for children to thrive into who they mm-hmm. they are, mm-hmm. because it, it will need them to fit into boxes. Or we won't know how to not do that, and we'll just let them have free reign, and that won't feel very good too. Because one of the best biggest joys of being a parent is to really get to rejoice in encouraging the individual beauty of each child, to get to rejoice in the manifest uniqueness and let those things flourish and be able to do that. And it's it's going to be very difficult to do that uh, if we're not choosing to let God kind of open up our sense of what you know what can be wonderful and what can be praiseworthy. And um, that... That process is, it can seem like, oh, I don't want to be told that I have to mature. I don't want, that just seems hard. But instead, I see it so far for me as being so hopeful of, wow, look what this frees me into as a parent. Mm -hmm. Look what joy this opens. Look what vistas Mm -hmm. I can now see that I couldn't before. And so when when I flip that paradigm, it's like, oh my gosh, I so much want God to open my world so that I can do the same for my children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What you're saying is so good, and it reminds me of where we might get it wrong, is we use compliance because our kids are yelling at each other. And the truth is, quite often our kids are yelling at each other because they have been raised in compliance. And, and so the, the very relationship of love and trust and heartfelt obedience creates a quieter house. Mm-hmm. We think that mm-hmm. it won't because it, we're, we said we're so tired. So we just want something to stop the noise. Well, healthy parenting stops the noise. Yeah. And it, 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 I, I think that's a, this book is so centered on me facing that about me as a parent 
instead of trying to get outcomes so that my kids won't be so loud. Right. Yes. You know? yes. And probably sometimes it is a parent who realizes that that one kid needs 30 minutes to go yell outside before they come out. Like, <laughs> there's right. such uniqueness to what is, you know, what is good and what is right and what one child needs. And they may not always need that, but some people are just so, some kids are so revved up when they come home from school if you want to bring them into and now it's time for very quiet reflection <laughs> that might not be good for that job. i will build a fire right yeah. <laughs> i will light, i will burn it all down <laughs> your quiet reflections <laughs> yeah so it's like me being able to have guidelines like and not rules it's it's for me just as yeah. much well so. said. that's right one of the things that helps us as parents I think is to ask either our spouses or our close friends when they see us being able to connect in a relational love with our children and for them to observe back to us. Um, so that many times is that to do. That's right. Oh, those are sweet words. When a friend tells you how well they think you're parenting, it just, when it does happen, it doesn't happen very often. It's not our culture, but it has happened to me. And I want to just be like, oh, you know, whatever. But deep down, I'm just giddy. That's right. That's right. right. I'm doing something well. And they can actually help you be uh, self-aware of what things are really helping your child and what things are not. Yeah. And I think spouses and friends, close friends, can be very helpful in this motivation of love area yeah. uh, when we can't see everything that we ourselves are, are doing or not doing. So, And it's never, as we've said, it's never too late to That's win right. back this family. That's it's right. Just, uh, to, to, at least to some measure, we can gain back this beauty that we longed for. That's right. God has put in us uh, that reconciling heart, and he uh, wants us to continue to hope in that reconciliation that he's paid his life for, uh, one of the great gifts that he's given us. Thank you, So we will see you next week on the last of the episode two with... Rules hopefully, and guidelines. We'll hopefully, Bill. hopefully, if Bill not, will be we're back. Tackle it he, ourselves. He, he might really have gone for Disneyland, Disneyland and yeah. want to stay yeah. there. Yeah. See you next week. Thanks for listening to the True Face podcast. If you would like to join the many listeners who support True Face financially or sign up for our monthly newsletter, please visit trueface.org. If you'd like to read the materials these podcasts reference, visit trueface.store.